This is Lesson from Try This at Home. Last week, we started a series about communication, and this is the second episode in that series. There are a handful of rules that will make communication all kinds of better for you. And today, we're talking about them. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around. With decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them, Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Hi, Leslin. Hi, Leslie. How are you today? Great. How are you? I'm good. Somebody asked me the other day if you were my daughter. Oh, that's nice. It was nice. Yeah. And I, I said no, but we have already identified that you're as old as my son. So you totally could be. Yes, it's possible. <laughs> All right. So we are, this is the second in our communication series. Yep. And we are talking about rules of communication. So I actually hand this out in a lot of my therapy sessions because when my, the couples that I work with go home, I want them to try to readopt a kind of a certain level of yeah. of standards for their yes for yeah. their communication. Right. All right. So we're going to start uh, with this list of rules here. We have several for you. The first one is a tough one to break yourself of. This is using I statements instead of you statements. Yeah. So the you statements you can think of as very finger pointing. Mm-hmm. You're placing blame on someone. Mm-hmm. And you want to just try to keep this to your own experience, which is why using I statements is so important, how you feel. Exactly. And this is super hard. I teach and preach this literally every day. And yet when I'm emotionally charged, I still find myself saying, well, you blah, 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 blah. You helped me with this and I still do it. Mm -hmm. I I try to be more aware of it, but it's it's a really difficult habit to break. It is, and that's all it is, right? Right. The only thing it is is a habit. Right. What I want to really encourage people to do is talk about what you're seeing, thinking, feeling, experiencing. So right now, I'm sensing that you're pretty upset with me. Is that accurate? Right. (laughs) You know, or I'm feeling really frustrated. Right. Because it doesn't seem like, the things I'm saying are being heard. And it, it changes the dynamic, I feel, of an argument between a couple. Because when you're saying, you you make me feel like this, and they're like, no, I don't, because that might not be their intention. And so they're saying, no, I don't do that to you. But when you put it back and say, I feel this way when this happens, they, they can't really argue with you about that. Precisely. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute, because this vernacular that we have this habit of saying you make me right is that true no No, i mean how is it unless you're locked in a cage or i have a knife 
to your throat or a gun to your head, how in the heck am I responsible for the feeling that's coming up in you? Yeah, you, you aren't. No, it's, no. it's, and that's part of the problem is that we're using the word make the way that we would generally use the word generate, right? So we're, while it's a secondary definition for generate, Mm -hmm. what's really happening is that when you don't do the dishes, Mm -hmm. I feel frustrated. Yeah. Okay. So you don't make me frustrated. You're not turning around and telling me to be frustrated, (laughs) Right. right? Yeah. You're not, reaching in and pulling that emotion but certainly the feeling is generated every time I feel or I see the dishes in the sink or because really think about that like if if you know my husband doesn't do the dishes and I come home he's not like okay Leslie I didn't do the dishes now get mad yeah exactly (laughs) I mean when you really actually think about what you're saying it makes zero sense it it doesn't but it is true that a feeling does get generated that part is accurate but nobody that comes from inside of you and it's so important the maybe the biggest problem with that is that if I believe that you make me feel something. How do I ever feel a sense of power control over my own feelings? Sure. If I'm constantly believing that you make me feel something. Right. The, the, the other person has all the power. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not healthy ever. Right. And so rule number two, do not interrupt. If you are speaking, you cannot be listening. I'm not very good at this. You're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very good at it. And I'm not even good at it when I'm not arguing. Like, I think I just get so excited or I'm afraid I'm going to forget something that I want to say to the other person. And I am terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. And... You know, I have I have to say that there are times when I'm super challenged about this too, and and especially when you're on the same wavelength with someone. Yes. Right, and then and so you're both nodding your head right. and you're kind of moving along. We're doing that right now. I know. <laughs> and and then you know there's this succinctness, and in that regard, it's you're not as engaged or as in in involved in somebody really needing to hear what you're right. saying, right? Because right. you're both on the same wavelength. Yeah. But if you're on different wavelengths, yes, then listening becomes uber important. Yeah. It turns from like the excitement of just wanting to share this with someone from just wanting to like stomp down their argument and show them your own. Yeah. Yeah. So when when there's a disagreement, be super super careful about not interrupting. And a good trick is to count to three. Mm-hmm. So wait till listen to somebody talk and then in your head just kind of get one, two, three and then speak. Okay. Now, I will, there's a small caveat here. There's a segment of the population that takes incredibly healthy, pregnant pauses <laughs> in between their sentences. Uh, right. And those people <laughs> uh, don't make it easy because we don't know when they're finished. Yeah. Right. And so it's maybe it's important to say, are you finished with your thought? Right. And not in a way, um, because I've, I've done that before. Are you finished? But I've done it in a very snotty way. Are you finished? You know, like there's a, (laughs) there's a fine line between trying to be respectful and 
trying to be passive aggressive. Yeah, isn't it nice when those raw edges really come out? Uh-huh. Yeah. It the 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 point is is that when we're interrupting, we're generally jumping on somebody. Yeah. It's we're getting defensive, and if all of that is happening, how can we possibly be listening? Yeah, you can't because you're building your argument. That's right. Yeah. You're building your argument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So number three. Mm-hmm. Rule number three. Yeah. Don't use always and never. Mm-hmm. Absolutes will generally ignite a defensive reaction. Mm-hmm. How about absolutes will always ignite <laughs> a defensive reaction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many times have we said something like, you never listen? Right. I feel like we could also title this list, like, How to Be Better at Arguments, which I know we're going to talk about in an upcoming uh, one of our podcasts later in the series. But I when I feel like when we talk about, um, or when you're arguing and you use always or never, your partner hears that, and then nothing else, and like, I, I, I don't always do that. Exactly. And it becomes so much less effective because you're like, okay... Right. I know it's not always. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes you're fighting about the use of these words mm-hmm. instead of the, the issue actual it. issue. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, actually, I'm going to say that you just also use the next thing on our list. And that is if you're going to say, I feel. Yes. You must follow <laughs> that up with a feeling word. Yeah. I feel like we always is not a feeling. That's true. Yeah. Right? I so feel like. a good example. Yeah. What I should fe- I say? Well. So let's say, we'll use the sentence you just had, right? I think what I heard was, I feel like we should print this out. Yes. Well, like we should print this out isn't a feeling, right? That's true, yeah. So if I'm going to say I feel, then perhaps we would say, I feel it would be important. Okay, yeah. Okay, I feel it would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Helpful is not exactly a feeling either, but I feel... It would be of value. Yes, right. Um, we have to be really careful about that. Right. If we're going to have feeling, people can't necessarily hear, especially if we do turn this into the negative. I feel like you is just a glorified you statement. Yes. Yeah. If I say I feel insulted, somebody's going to be able to hear that. If I say I feel like you, they're going to get defensive because now I'm pointing a finger. Right. But if I say I feel insulted, most people can hear it because you just used a feeling word. That makes sense in your brain. And I think this, all of this really, but that in particular kind of highlights the fact, I think some people could think, well, gee, they're really just splitting hairs here. They're, these are just little words. Why do they matter? But they do. They <sighs> matter a great deal because it, we're talking about clarity. Mm-hmm. And if the goal is to be understood, then you want to be as clear as you possibly can be. I hear angel horns happening right now with that (laughs) statement because that's exactly correct i the goal is clarity right we have to remember that when we are listening our brain is interpreting at microseconds of time and with speed right yeah yeah it has to make sense and there are parts of our speech and our vernacular that don't make sense to our brain we might get the general gist of it and the general gist is okay if everything's honky-dory yeah but the general gist isn't okay 
if we need clarity. And yeah. when we're arguing, as we'll talk about in a couple of weeks, we really need clarity. So it's just best to get in the habit right. of being as clear as you possibly can. You know that saying, say what you mean and mean what you say. Yep. Just period. Yeah. Yes. Right? That's assertive communication. Say what you mean, mean what you say. So we're going to put a list of feeling words on the website so you can practice. Yeah. Um, and a good thing to do would be if you're, you know, everyone kind of always asks, how was your day when people get home from work? It'd be great to have this list in front of you if you're not really particularly good at this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if someone says, hey, and how was your day? Try to use as many of the words on the list as you can to describe your day. Yeah. This I- is a fantastic activity because... Far too many of us only know happy, sad, mad. Right. Or it was good. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not very descriptive. You, and But we can get better at using a, a wider range of vocabulary when it comes to describing our feelings. Yeah. And I also think this would actually be great for kids, too. It's awesome for kids. Yeah. It teaches emotional intelligence really nicely. Yeah. All of my children can read now. Um, thanks, Miss Dowd. And... I, my youngest son in particular is not a fan of talking about his day. I mean, he's only in kindergarten, but mm-hmm. um, I think I'm totally going to do this. I'm going to print out and say, oh, and do you have any words on here that, you know, can describe, describe your, your day for mm-hmm. me? That way he's, it's kind of a game. Yeah, you know? it's a great game. Yeah. You know, how many times have we just kind of arbitrarily said, oh, I feel, I felt really hopeful at one point in my day. Right. Never. That's, I never say that. Yeah. We would yeah. say, oh, I felt good. But what if we really expanded our vocabulary? Then when we're upset, we can also do that. And maybe when your kids are frustrated, give them the list and say, help me understand what you're feeling. Here's some words. Right. Or teach them what those words mean so that they can articulate better. Yeah. And the more I, I feel like the more you are honest about how you are feeling, um, you know, if you come home and you're like, I had a really frustrating day and, and you're using these descriptors that might clue your partner into, hey, this might not be the time to bring up, you know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah, really good point. And yeah. avoid a potential argument. So. Mm-hmm. I think another place that we get really hung up in our communication is when we don't take responsibility for our part of it. In other words, communication is always between two people, right? So if I'm speaking, you're listening, the words I say move into your ears and you interpret them. Mm -hmm. And then you make some assumptions about that interpretation. Right. Well, so perhaps one of two things happened. Either number one, you didn't effectively hear what I said. And so the interpretation wasn't accurate and or... You heard exactly what I said, but in your interpretation of that was very different from the definition that I might have used, right? Right. So we we have, again, this vernacular of saying, well, you said you'd right. be home five minutes early. Right. Right? Um, I don't have a right to tell you what you said. Right. I only have the ability to tell you what I heard. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. When you open your mouth and speak, you're the speaker. I can't define that experience for you. Okay. I can only define the experience that I had as the listener. Yeah. And so why that's important is because we have a tendency to say, well, you said, which is a you statement. And it's a finger point. It's a blame. It's a finger point. And somebody is instantly going to get 
defensive. Right. So try to get in the habit of what I heard was such and such. And you can't get into a pissing contest about, well, I didn't say that. Okay, well, I can't argue that point. Right. All I can tell you, maybe you didn't say that. But I can definitively tell you what I remember hearing. Right. Okay. Maybe I made it up. <laughs> you know, maybe I wanted to hear something. Right. So I made it up and that's my problem. But we have to take responsibility for hearing, having interpreted mm -hmm. what the other person says. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So that is number five, mm -hmm. using I heard statements. Yep. And number six is another difficult one. <laughs> uh, um, moving away from thinking that supports right or wrong positions. Yeah. Yeah. So in supportive partnerships, relationships, we want to embrace the differences that we have with respect and allow for acceptance in the ways that we're different. Yeah, and so you can either go back and listen to our podcast from last week or two weeks ago about acceptance. Right. But, you know, it's so much of our world is about being right or wrong. Right. And it's just not that important. There, I have a distinct recollection of a client who was seeing me for marriage counseling, and he, he could be pretty stubborn about mm -hmm. things. And he, a big part of it was he just really was challenged about feeling heard. His, he wanted his opinion. He was married to a very strong woman, and he wanted his opinion to matter. Right. And he came in one time, and he said that they'd been socializing with friends, and the friends engaged in an argument during this evening of fun, and he said, I became an observer and just watched these people I know go back and forth. Yeah. And I had this light bulb moment of, oh, my gosh, they're playing tug of war for the power. Oh, yeah. And that's all it was. It's a this, good visual. It yeah. was a great visual. And he said in that moment, he realized that most of his marital struggles were about this tug of war for power. Right. And he said... In that moment, I just decided I didn't need to have any power. Isn't and that amazing? Said, yeah. And, and it was a big turning point in their relationship for him to be able to say it doesn't have to be about right or wrong. And they they just eliminated those words from their dialogue. Yeah. Uh, I remember standing in the kitchen arguing with Harlan at one point, And he was adamant about, I don't remember what the issue was. Isn't that funny? <laughs> but I remember thinking... Just let him have this lesson. You don't need to be right about this. Right. Um, my mother would tell you, if she was here, she would said, lesson always has to be right. Right. Is that true? Um, there was a time in my life when that was absolutely true. And it wasn't, I, I want to clarify it, because in my mind, it was about accuracy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't care if I was wrong. I just wanted to understand what was accurate. What was the fact? And if I had the facts wrong, I was okay. But I have an episodic memory, which means that I, sadly, I can see something. I can identify the elements in that something. And I can, with pretty clear accuracy, describe it to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, that's 
gotten me in trouble in a lot of my communication <laughs> in in my younger years. Yeah. I think too it's it's hard to do this in the moment, but when when we were talking about acceptance like you know everyone comes from a different place mm-hmm. and your entire life's worth of experiences lead you to where you are and it's important to remember that you're dealing with a person who has completely separate life experiences and histories and interpretations and all of that stuff but that's that's not easy to do when you're in the heat of the moment well and that's that's the next rule actually is understand perspective right right i use an example in my office Uh, i have a coaster and i hold the coaster up and i pointed at the people I'm talking to and I'm like, describe, can we agree that this is just one thing? This is a coaster. Nothing changes that, right? Right. The fact is we're both looking at a coaster. Now describe it for me. Okay. And they'll describe what they see. And I'm like, no, that's crazy. I see this, you know, and I'm describing my view Your of, side the of the coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, if I if we sit here and try to have a tug of war about which one of us is correct about this thing that we see, yeah. we're going to be fighting all day long because I'm 100% sure that what I see is very different from what that person sees. Right. And you're both right. That's exactly my point. Yeah. You're both right. Neither one of us are wrong because yeah. we have completely different perspectives yeah. on this thing. Over the weekend, I was with family and... My, I had my 93-year-old aunt, my stepmom, my sister, and myself. And we were talking about an event in which we were all key players. Yeah, We were all there in that moment at a point in history. And we got into this little debate about some of the details. Yeah. And all of us remembered a little bit differently yeah. what went on. Now, the event was what it was, right? We, one of our memories doesn't make that it doesn't change what yeah. actually happened at sure. that event. Yeah. So perspective is huge and when you are communicating it is imperative that you respect someone's perspective. Right. Doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Yeah. Okay. All right, so what's next? Defensiveness. Oh. We're going to have a whole <laughs> session dedicated to this. In our series. Yeah. But if you feel defensive, stop. Just Completely. stop. Yep. The just whole stop. argument. Yep. Because the minute somebody's defensive, the communication stops. Okay. Defense is about protection. If somebody's defensive, it's because they feel attacked. And the only energy they're going to be putting into the conversation at that point is going to be safety or self protection yeah and it's got to stop so we talked last week about um aggressive communicators Mm -hmm. and how they can kind of be attacking Mm -hmm. sometimes but Mm -hmm. um i my husband is absolutely not an aggressive communicator at all but there are times when i still feel attacked even though or not attacked but well yeah i feel defensive well he must be passive aggressive then well I, I probably am all of those things. But <laughs> it's probably passive more than anything. But I, I think it just, it doesn't even necessarily have to be someone um, saying something or attacking you in an obvious way. Yes. Defensiveness can happen from a very small 
passive comment that might go completely unnoticed by somebody else. Yes. And when we start talking about this um, in the next episode, we're going to really talk about how defenses develop and why we would feel defensive even if somebody's not attacking right. us. Right. Yeah. So stop that completely. Yeah. Okay. Just stop the conversation. And right. it, it might be helpful to say, look, I'm feeling really defensive right now. Let me go mm-hmm. figure that out. Yeah. And I'll come back to you. Yeah, I think you probably have to do that or else mm-hmm. they're going to be like, what the heck just yeah. happened? Like we're in the, yeah. you know, like. Don't just exit. That's too passive. Or, yeah, retreating or they could feel like you're being passive aggressive. Yeah. Or that you just don't simply care what they have to say. Yeah. And the yeah. silent treatment is a very passive aggressive approach. So be assertive. Say, hey, yeah. listen, I'm feeling defensive I, and I need to stop this conversation and, and gather myself and then I'll right. come back. Yeah. And then like we've talked about before, set a time when you're going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing is to be present, especially in an argument. Oh, my goodness. If this could also change so many things. Do not bring up all of someone's past (laughs) challenges or trials or I knew this was going to happen because last year when we had a fight, you did. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Stay present. Keep things focused on what's happening right here in the here and now. Yeah. And again, often this goes awry because we're defensive and we'll talk more about that next yeah. week. And I, th- this has definitely happened to um, to us in our marriage before. I think probably who, who hasn't that happened to. But um, I think that's another uh, kind of great lesson that if it's going to come up in the future, if you're holding on to it and it's unresolved, you need to just resolve it. Mm-hmm. when it's happening or else a year later you're going to want to pull it out as a weapon in another argument and that is not helpful at all yeah and that's the you know that's a big part of what the benefit of becoming a better communicator is is that you end up with the ability to resolve a lot of these little wounds that happen mm-hmm. and so when you're communicating you don't feel the necessary you don't feel it's necessary to to be to be shooting all those arrows right 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 yeah awesome all right so as we talked about earlier our try this at home for this week is a list of feeling words and we would love it if you would print these out keep them with you um and again try what we mentioned earlier you know at the end of the day when you're talking about how your day went try to use those so that you can communicate effectively Yes, and we're, we'll have this list, the communication rules also yeah, in the yep. printable. So between the two things, the list of emotion words and the rules, you'll have some really good tools to use as you start to learn or develop more assertiveness in your communication. Great. Awesome. And that's our discussion for today. We hope that you will share this discussion with those people that you communicate with. And as always, we are super grateful that you took the time to listen. Now, next week, continuing our series of communication, we will be speaking about getting defensive and offering some tips and tricks for tackling those defenses. If you have any questions or comments, we hope that you'll reach out on our website, www.trythisathomepodcast.com. There you can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And don't forget, share this with family and friends. For now, this is Leslie and Leslyn, hoping you will try this at home. 
All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.